Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. And of course, you are listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze and myself, Jane Neal. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. Well, I am so excited, Shana, to have our guests on the show today because I don't know if you ever listened, but last year during the midst of lockdown, when there was no football, Dale Vine, of course, one half of Dale and Sophie Vine from the block 2012, we actually got to host a show together called The Sport of Gardening. Thanks to Red Energy. I did, I did hear that. I did tune in. I think the birth of that was on your second go at the block, Dale, when you had Dale's radio. Remember that? You set up your little radio booth and um, I can't remember what, what they called that series, but um, I think that was the beginning of your radio career. You've been a bit slow on the on the take-up afterwards, though. Daily news, they called that, Shana. That's yeah. it. Not much news getting told, I can tell you. <laughs> well, Dale and I had the pleasure of talking a little bit about garden design and landscaping and stuff and talking to a whole stack of incredible sports people, um, you know, the likes of Kevin Sheedy and people who you just didn't think were even into gardening. So if you do want to, you can go back and listen to the sport of gardening. But, Dale, uh, we were on our own on the roads. Nothing was happening. You were still sort of working, doing design, but the world had ground to a halt. So great to see you and Sophie there uh, as we come out of COVID lockdown. How has life been for you down there in Geelong? Very good down here. We sort of missed a lot of the lockdown stuff. It wasn't the restrictions weren't as bad here as it was in Melbourne. But um, obviously, coming and doing a show with you, Jane, I sort of threw myself into the whole Melbourne scenario, which was pretty bleak for a while there. But no, it's all happy days. Everyone's got beautiful gardens at the end of COVID because um, that's what they were doing, weren't they? They were going to Bunnings and getting veggies and um, going to the nursery and getting plants and getting out there. So it was good. And the other thing they were doing was shopping online. So, Sophie, I know that you have uh, the studio at home, the converted garage, and you have your own business, Vines of the Wild, which I've noticed there's quite a few products sold out. People are jumping into this whole concept of maybe buying stuff for kids that's a little more on the natural side, a little more on inspiring them with uh, things that they can create and do and getting close to nature than hopefully just sitting in front of a screen. How's the business going? Yeah, it's going really well, especially last year when a lot of the schools were shut for quite a few weeks. So there was a lot of at-home learning. Um, Preschoolers and primary schoolers and mum and dad really had to become teacher for a while. So um, the shop shop did really well, Um, you know, more than usual with, you know, the flashcards, the posters, all those educational items that we we stock all through the year. We're just flying off the shelf. So it was it was great to see the parents that were um, really throwing themselves into that role because you know they had to. <laughs> I think it's I think it's incredible um, that you both had sort of set yourselves up before COVID to be you know what everybody needed at the time. Um, and you know what you're talking about now, Sophie. Like you sort of tapped into that from day one when you finished the block, you know, because you you were a teacher and you've got kids and, you know, you always did these beautiful um, nooks and to this day, you know, the very you – know, we both started on the block together. Like that was my very first year of judging and I remember in the challenge, you know, to, to see if you were going to get on the block, you did that most incredible room with the book nook and the tree and the swing and, you know, of course I slammed that it was very dangerous for a children's swing. <laughs> but at the same time it was so incredibly creative and I feel like both of you have – 
kept that same, you know, same feeling from day one, like you were six months married, you were sort of in that that age of trying to find out who you are. But I sort of feel like you not only have kept your integrity, you've sort of kept who you are through this whole process. How do you feel about what you've sort of done career-wise since you left the blog? Oh, that's all very lovely of you to say, Shane. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we... I think we're also sort of still big kids as well. Like I remember every time there was an opportunity to do anything child-related on the block, we just we just grasped at it. Especially that that final room in the that extra house, the Montague Street house, with everything um, on the ceiling. Yeah, that was amazing. We just, we just really enjoy the um, yeah, sort of still being kids in that world of fantasy and imagination, and that's definitely what we've wanted to pass on to our own children. So. We have sort of continued with that sort of philosophy even in our parenting. And, and like you said, I do have an educational background, so it's always been important to kind of foster that with our kids. Um, so it just has sort of worked out as, as the lockdowns come that we have sort of been set up already with um, with that way of thinking. But, um, Dale, did you want to add to that? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, it was just very us. We just were, we'd never owned a house when we were on the block, so we'd always just rented, so... It was just fun to either wreck one and do what we wanted <laughs> um, style-wise and having fun. Um, we weren't too worried about the outcome, really. Like back then, Shana, as you know, the block was a bit of a different show. It was a bit more... Totally. A bit more... The budgets were a lot lower and... Um, <laughs> a bit more creative in, shops, in how you use your money. Shops around Melbourne weren't as easy to get on board to get, you know, discounts on furnishings and stuff. So it was a real sort of a... A fight and a haggle to, to get but that, anything. But that's out of where the creativity it. comes from. I mean, it wasn't full on designer designer. It was about doing that house for the area. It was true to the roots of like what the block was, and um, I think the creativity that came out of it, like you know, and then Brad and Lara, they they were the underdogs that had no idea what they were doing, and they ended up winning. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel like sometimes that creativity gets lost in competitions now because the the fear of like you know making mistakes and things like that but but you guys stuck to your guns and did all your beautiful creative moments and I, and I think that's why people love you both so much because you do that and you do things that are different you don't follow anyone's path so I think that's why you're both so successful now oh, well, oh goodness gracious <laughs> How many, weeks, how many days a week can we come on this podcast? <laughs> oh, look, I, I think it's a case of like, you know, we've seen you in our world for nearly 10 years and um, it's just really exciting to see genuine people both doing so well. You're raising three beautiful human beings and I, I think people are really interested in what, in what you've done. But there's actually more happening right now. Is that right, Dale? It's happening, Shona. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, always something going on. If it's not kids, it's something else. But, um, yeah, I've been filming a show, my own show, for the last probably five weeks or so, pretty full time. So, um, yeah, it's been good fun. It's been different getting back in front of the camera again. So, yeah, bit of fun. You've worked really hard to <clears> – <throat> there's been so much that's gone into it, especially it's been delays and things from last year. So I think we're just – you're really excited just to get going with it, which is great. Are we allowed to know the, sort of the, the premise of it? Oh, yeah. It's um, it's called Divine Living. So there you go. Got the name working right, for man. me again there. <laughs> Um, Love it. And it's, and it's a DIY-based show, so I suppose just handy hints and stuff, indoors and outdoors. Um, obviously, being a landscaper, I sort of do <clears throat> jobs in and out of the house. Yeah, we um, 
sort of incorporated everything that I know and can do. And um, it's everything from doing up bathrooms to um, doing things outside in the garden to um, just little projects that people can do and some cool products that people mightn't have seen before as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of everything, really. And does so, the family make any special appearances? Yeah, I've had a... We had four days of filming around our own home uh, two weeks ago just before um, we had a break for Easter and then um, we got out in the garden there and the kids helped me plant a few plants and um, and just ran around like maniacs like they are. So it was, um, it was good. Yeah, Van's definitely at an age now where he's getting interested. We've actually played them um, because now now you can play the old series whenever you want. So what's that app? Okay. Oh, nine now. Nine now, or whatever it is on the tally. And we didn't know about that until Sophie's sister showed us. And, um, I didn't so know either. Episode, <laughs> no, we put an episode of our ser- our first series when it was Sophie and I on there um, for the kids to watch. And um, we had no idea we'd get the reaction we did, which was so much disinterest. <laughs> it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. It's mum and dad on the tally. And the band was going, can we watch a different show? And we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Probably when they want to start renovating themselves, they'll go, Oh mum, dad, you were pioneers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are listening to the Homestyle Podcast with Shana Blaze. Our guests today are Dale and Sophie Vine. It is all thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. Now, guys, I have to admit to really enjoying checking out a little uh, profile of you and your home on the Design Files website, I think it was. But just take us back to when you bought the house. Like for people listening who are thinking, I will renovate a house one day. You've been there obviously now since um, 2013. You bought it the year after you were on the block. Is there anything you would do differently purchasing or are you kind of happy with what you bought at the time and the bones it gave you to do the renovation over the last sort of nine years or so? No, we're really happy. Um we, I remember when we bought um, this house, um, Sophie's old man actually <clears throat> said, what are you doing buying a house with, you know, four bedrooms and so big? And, um, He's like, you'll never fill it. And now <laughs> we haven't got a spare bedroom now with the three kids and <laughs> us, so if anything, we're almost outgrowing it. But, um, no, it's been great, and we've sort of really set it up now. Um, and initially, we thought maybe we'll be here five years, do a few things to it and um, sell up and look again for, you know, what everyone thinks is the forever home. But we've sort of gone so well here and made it so cosy and comfy that we're um, Van started school now. So I think we'll be here for another good, you know, 10 years probably. We've done, we've sort of done the renovation process really slowly, which I really, which we needed after the block because it's just decision, decision, go, 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 go. And it's just been so lovely to do a bit, sit with it, live with it do another bit and, you know, being able to afford different things, not doing it all at once. There was, there was no pressure, there's no rules to do it as quickly or as, you know, as fast as, as you think you need to do it. So I feel like we've done it in a really, yeah, we haven't gone too crazy and we've appreciated every moment where we've been able to do the things that we've planned um, and we've been able to sit with the decisions to make sure we, you know, we haven't made as many mistakes as we probably would have if we were making them on the fly. Yeah. Was it um, sort of like the plan to just sort of organically grow it as you had kids as well? Because there's that part of it as well, sit, you know, sitting with it. Was that because you were strapped for cash because there's another baby on the way or time constraints? Yeah. 
I can tell you one thing for sure, Shana, and it's I'm bloody glad that I've put in a lot of hard work early days um, when we first got the house pre-kids and painted most of it and did a lot of work outside um, because trying to do any job now, as you know, is just mm. takes 12 times longer with the kids wanting to ha- hang around and hold a drill for you. And um, yeah, but it's, it's a lot different now. It's a lot more fun doing it with kids hanging around, but it's a lot slower. So yeah, um, I'm glad I sort of did a bulk of the hard work early, big decks and stuff like that. But there's um, nothing like a new baby would sometimes push. You'd sort of get this new release on life to kind of, release on life to try and get things done because the new baby was coming, whether it was the nursery or the room or those few jobs that you knew with sleepless nights, it would be another year before you'd get them done. And I suppose we sort of wanted to sit with it in, to see how we lived with it, to see which spaces got used for what. Yeah. And what was sort of a priority for us in the way we wanted to live? Because there was there's so many beautiful designs. You think, oh, that looks great. Or but when when you live with it, it, it can it can tend to not be how you thought it was going to be. So we just wanted to make sure that you know we see how the kids were growing, see how it was all working and moving, and then we could you know change things um, as we needed to as they grew. Yeah, I think one of the things of your design style has grown, but it's always got that same basis. Like you've always had that that earthy, organic base and working with nature and working with naturals and, you know, timber and garden and, and all that sort of thing. So do you feel like you've got to a mature version of what you initially started on? <laughs> That's a good way. That is a really great way of putting it. Yeah. Like you said, we still use a lot of those same materials and the colours obviously a, a great those new, that neutral palette means it's not going to date um, but yeah some of the decisions that we made probably on the block um, we make a little bit differently now um, because like you said we've matured it's a matured <laughs> version of that same style but then li- life life teaches you ha- how to grow in design and it teaches you what works and what doesn't work and and one thing that I constantly see on the block is that you know 50 percent of the time people aren't thinking of functionality. And time and experience gives you the functionality. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, we still, yeah. we still have your voice drubbed into <laughs> our brain. <laughs> Sorry. Designing space with storage. Oh, and, the storage um, is yeah. my, every time I, I've got room and storage and I've freed up, I think Shana would be so proud of right now. <laughs> and I know what, with three kids, you bloody need storage. Oh, so, that's so. the that's thing. Exactly. People think you bang on about it, but if you're falling over the toys, you don't have enough storage. <laughs> hey, guys, one of the interesting things that um, I've read you did was convert the garage into a home studio. Of course, Sophie, you know, with Vines of the Wild, you need space to actually run a business as well. So for anyone interested in that, and I know during uh, COVID, a lot of people are like, need extra room, garage has got to go. What were your sort of basic approaches to turning it into a space you wanted to be in, not just something that looked like a garage with a little bit of extra sort of, you know, pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we sort of had <clears throat> Sophie was running the business out of the the formal sort of dining room for a while <laughs> there, which is now like it's set up kind of like a homeschool now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was just all the boxes and all the stock was in our face every night as we went to bed. So it, was, it wasn't a nice way of having it. And it was beautiful stuff to look at, but it was just a lot of it. So <laughs> yeah. um, had this, it was just a carport. So it was just a four-post four frame with a roof already on there, um, open carport. So I just infilled it with a mate of mine and turned it all into walls and enclosed it with doors and made it into a proper room. And um, 
The green's no good. Oh, like no, it's, it's um, beautiful out there. I love working out there. I'm, I'm, yeah, when it was finished, I was so amazed at how, how a car walk could end up looking like that, like a beautiful functioning studio, and it's, yeah, very spoiled. <laughs> Isn't it yeah. funny what you were saying that, you know, all, all the stock and everything was beautiful things, but you were just looking at the boxes and everything. So I, I think what Jane was saying, um, like turning the, the carport into a space, it, how do you think it's changed how you interact as a family because the boxes aren't everywhere? And two, now that you have this space that makes you feel great, how do you feel it's affecting you working yeah look it it was yeah the tripping over them was was awful um it was just a nightmare so yeah moving them out there it's um made the house yeah completely function much more smoothly it's just for me seeing the boxes and space it's sort of like anxiety triggering it's like oh yeah you've been suffocated suffocated so the studio it not only freed up the house and made it more livable for us. But it's a beautiful place for me to work. It's a beautiful space for me to feel more creative. And I, as soon as it happened, like business, it generated like more business, you know, prosperity in a way. Yeah. Like, because it was just the flow and just the way I was feeling. Um, it just, yeah, it freed it all up and then all of a sudden it was just booming again. So it's crazy how that happens. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, the, the fear of spending that money to do it and the time that you think you don't have. Um, but when you do actually do it, it, it actually works for you. What sort of tips would you have for people? Because we are working from home now and a lot of people have been told that they probably won't go back to the office for the next year and then it'll be drip-fed again. Um, what would be some of your office tips that you've created? Because I know you, you, you know, you did a little bit of work for Typo ages ago, so you're working around those office environments. What would be some tips you'd give some people for doing their office space at home? I mean, for me, it's people work differently. Some people like creative chaos and they know where everything is and they don't mind it. For me, I, I like things to be calm. So it would be the organisation, the storage, yeah. making sure that I had a place <laughs> for everything so that my mind was as clear as my workspace. I, 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 have, I have zones as well, though. So I have uh, creative zones where things can get messy, mood boards, different product samples, and I can kind of move things around. And it doesn't bother me if that place is a little bit more chaotic, but where it's sort of emails and that admin side, I keep it very tidy, think things are where they need to be. So zones help and having sort of like some, some of those homely, like even though you're at home, but having like plants and things that make it, make sort of that that homey, cosy vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I quite enjoy, you know, you want it to be a place where you want to spend your hours and where you... You, you want to be calm but focused and, and you know, get to get that to-do list done for the day. I think they're brilliant tips, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and, Dale, the other thing that I really love is that you reportedly turned your front driveway into a front garden. So, like, thinking about that carport sort of garage space and the front drives a lot of Aussies have, we're all sort of, oh, do we need to move into a new house and buy something bigger and with more garden? Do you recommend looking at the space you've already got and thinking, well, do we really need three car lengths in our front yard or can we perhaps put in some planting there and turn it into a great space for the kids talk to me a little bit about that process yeah absolutely um well we had a a fully open frontage of our house um so the front facade um had a had a driveway there which second crossover so we luckily enough had a, a second driveway down the bottom of the property but um yeah we sort of thought 
you know, I've only got two cars, so um, and I usually park out the front with a ute. So we fully enclosed it in with fences, and um, once it was enclosed, it then became a, a private space we could work with. And um, I put hedging right around, so it sort of made it feel even more um, homely and safe. And then, um, yeah, pretty much ripped up a, the second driveway and replaced it with a deck and some lawn. So, um, yeah, just lots more space for the kids uh, and the dog. And, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it if you've got the time and the space to do it because um, front yards are often quite big spaces. And um, as you know, most of Australia pretty much don't use their front yards. It's just a backyard everybody worries about. But um, our front yard now is connected with our backyard, so it all works beautifully. I think that's fantastic. What would you recommend? Because um, the only the only thing for me, like you know, using your front yard, like your backyard, is the privacy aspect of everybody. And it's not so much you know you want to be hidden away. It's just like we well, want to do some fun things and interact, and you really don't want to be a fishbowl. What, what would you recommend for people that want that privacy of types of screening and things? Yeah, just just hedging, China. That mm. um, obviously, if you haven't got a much much space, you could. You can use things to hedge that are going to grow tall and quick, um, such as clumping bamboos and things. It'll give you a nice screen, but they're not going to take up heaps of depth yeah. in your yard. So, um, yeah, they're a good one. We've got water housier floribunda around ours, but they're a pretty big-sized um, hedging tree, but they look beautiful. Oh, um, oh, anything that says floribunda has got to be <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> And they take a little bit of maintenance. There's a few times you've got to trim them a year, but um, it's really, I think we saw about four neighbours around our house when we originally moved in. I could literally cook a barbecue outside on the deck and talk to three of them while we were there. Um, <laughs> and now we now we can't see any of them. We can still talk if we want. It's still social, but yeah. we've got the privacy. So it's um, yeah, it's really nice. God, you can understand why you'd want to stay for another 10 years. You, you've literally decided what your lifestyle is and you've created your house to, to fill it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, we love it here. Work, working yeah. well for us now, so... Yeah. Well, if you would like to see what we are talking about, I would highly recommend that you uh, follow Dale and Sophie on their relative Instagram accounts. Guys, I know someone has to go and do the school run, so we probably need to let you go, don't we? Oh, my God, I could keep talking for ages. (laughs) Uh, We'll book it again another time. Always a joy talking to Shane and you, Jane. Definitely. Well, good luck with everything. Can't wait to see the show when that comes to air. And um, I look forward to more stock being available, Sophie, because you're your website's too popular. Thank you, Shana. <laughs> yes, you can see Divine Living. It is coming to 7-2 in August and uh, plenty of updates via Dale's Instagram, which is at VineyD. If you want to connect with Sophie, her Instagram handle is at Sophie underscore Vine. And if ever there was a couple, Shana, who had the perfect name for renovation shows oh. for Vines in the Wild, it's it's the Vine family, isn't oh, it? Vine. <laughs> And it is so wonderful. I mean, you've seen a lot of contestants over the years do the block. They get that big burst of fame, mm-hmm. you know, fame in inverted commas, I guess. Yeah. They have these hopes and dreams. It must really warm your heart to sort of go, you know what? There's a couple who really were just genuine, had a passion. Like Dale said, they never even owned their own home. Yeah. They have a passion for what they were doing. 
and they've actually stayed true to their sort of design aesthetic. They've grown with it, but they've actually made really, you know, great careers and, and I think more importantly, built a family. I know Dale is the guy who does the bedtime routine. I know yeah. he, you know, he is incredible as a dad from what I've known of working with him for the last sort of year, is that they've actually been able to structure their business interests and what they want to do with just putting the family first. And I and I think that was what we were saying before, that they were somehow somehow building themselves for this pandemic in the fact that they were looking at always being self-sufficient. And Sophie's always been very big on sustainability mm. in, you know, the things that they use. And I know Dale is because of, you know, his gardening background and his, everything that he works with there and, and always looking at nature. But, but they've both got the same um, goal in that area. And I think that's where they complement each other so well. So that's how they can actually both have separate businesses from the one space and co-parent together. Mm. And, you know, I, I do look at them as as just a mature version of what they were when I met them nearly 10 years ago. And, you know, you say some people don't change. Well, in that way, I don't think they have. I, th- I think they're their, um, their values are exactly the same and, and, you know, you grow and change with life experiences and things like that. But it's almost like they had very old shoulders. Even they say mm. they're, they're young kids at heart and they just <laughs> love to have fun. But it's almost like they did have that, that old, mature shoulders of, you know what, we just want to be a family. We want to be true to our values and true to ourselves and see where that takes us. And so um, that does warm my heart, seeing them so successful, um, doing what they want to do and loving it and really helping other people along the way. And, I, I, you know, as if that's your values in life, I don't think you can ask for much more. The other thing I would recommend is you grab a copy of Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide. I've got a copy of it and, you know, didn't even have a house I was planning to renovate at the time. But now referring to it all the time going, what would Dale do when it came to this part of the house you or the are garden? You good at gathering experts <laughs> to help your yes. little projects, Jane. You are very switched on. Mm. Thanks, Shana. Uh, the other thing I found really interesting in that chat, Shana, was that they did the renovation in stages. So I do hear sometimes, and we were talking recently on the show about real estate when Andrew Winter was our guest, go back and listen to that episode, that you have to make compromises. What I love is that they bought a house that they knew they could grow into and they gradually did everything. Whereas do you think sometimes there's that tendency, like, if it's not perfect, I don't want it. I want the whole renovation done right now or I can't possibly have a baby when the nursery isn't completely renoed or the kitchen's still old. Is that just me being a bit of a nana going, oh, young people these days? Or do you think that is important that you can enjoy each phase of a renovation perhaps? I think I think that's going back to the slow burn of, of you know, when people bought houses. They, they bought their first house and they didn't expect to flip it and make money out of it. They expected to buy that house and pay it off and then maybe either buy another house to grow with their family or to downsize. It was never about multiple houses and flipping and buying and, you know, adding value and all this sort of thing. So they had that slow burn of, you know, an older generation. And I think we're back in that. And, you know, definitely values have changed in what we're looking at houses. People still still want to flip and change, but we're in a different buyer's market now where I, if people are flipping, you know, houses under $2 million, um, take my hat off to them. But, you know, to, if, if you're buying a house, you know, under a million dollars, sometimes it's a knockdown and you're not going to be able to flip yeah. it very quickly. Um, so the buying and selling is not a big thing. So the slow burn, I think, is something that we're going to see a lot 
lot of. Um, and that's taking tips from the older generation is just sit with it, enjoy it. Work out where the light comes from. Work out what you want to be as a family. Work out how you want to live. And especially how they were talking about the um, filling in the carport and taking in the garage. Like Andrew Winter would just die hearing that, saying, what, you've cut off all your parking? You, you have just devalued. But they're going to be there for another 10 years, so they've actually added so much quality of life to, to how they want to live and breathe, and, and that's what I want people to look at housing. I'm, I'm not the big one of, like, you know, invest and go and bang and make a lot of money because I like to invest in your personal life, and um, that's what I like What. I like that that's what they're doing. Well, and Dale can always reverse that decision. I mean, you know, if you're in the middle of Melbourne, they're down in Geelong. It's, a you know, an hour or so out of Melbourne, different pace of life. Yeah. But perhaps when Van gets his driver's licence, it'll be like, all right, cut down the whatever pundaboras. The, uh, yeah, the floribundas. Floribundas. Cut them down. We need more parking space for the new P-Plater's car. But you can do that down you, the track, you? can. You? But the thing is, you don't have to get rid of the whole hedge. You just take yeah. a little, you know, they might actually turn <laughs> the hedge into a gate. I don't know. And speaking of which, I know you're on the house hunting with your son. Any any <gasps> luck? Yes. Oh, really? Update. Yes. They have bought a house. <laughs> um, they were, my God, they were, you know, they've been looking for three years and they've been brokenhearted so many times, but they they found a little little hole in there where there was these only two properties on the market within two suburbs that were in the same price range. One had been completely done and looked perfect. The other one had, you know, two bed this the one completely done had three bedrooms, this had two bedrooms and they're in the same price range. And we go, there's no way. There's no way, even though they were in different suburbs, mm. that that one that's fully completed with three bedrooms that's in that same price range. So when they went to the auction for the one that needed to be renovated, smaller bedrooms, smaller amount of bedrooms, there was only one other buyer. Wow. And then they got it for you know, not right at the top of their price, um, but, you know, they got it in the range that they could afford. We need to do a lot of work, so it's it's, it's definitely lots of I elbow grease. I said we. Well, you know, it, seriously, I've got so much knowledge in that. If I can't help my kids, who can I help? Yes, But great. then the other house that we knew was not right went for $250,000 over. Wow. Which just means people just wanted to move in and not have to do a thing, doesn't it? But also people not really doing their research, knowing mm. that, you know, they, these houses were not going to go for the same amount of money. Yeah. It's just, let's be realistic. And, you know, I think they had like seven bidders. Yep. And that's why it went to ridiculous prices because there was only two on the market. Everyone wanted the finished one. They didn't yep. want to do all the other stuff. It had that little selling the dream. Yep. And, you know, I can look past that. My son can look past it. We know right. we can create the dream. We don't have to buy the dream. Oh, if anyone should be able to look past it, it's your son. So, He's just waiting yes. for the truck to arrive with all the uh, the lovely pillows and styling. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you've got a lot to do. So thank you, Shane. It's been wonderful to chat again. And thanks to Dale and Sophie Vine for being our guests. If you would like to ask Shana a question, you can send us an email to podcast at sen.com.au. You can connect with Shana on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can see her work in Stella magazine most weekends, I think, Shana. Yes, every, every second one. Second week. And keep listening to Homestyle. Go back if you've just discovered us and listen to all of the episodes so far. There's about 20 of them. This has been Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy. 
Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. It's Stavros from O'Brien Real Estate. Want to know what's happening in real estate? Join me on Under the Hammer. Market trends, boom suburbs, and what to do if you're buying or selling. We've got it all on Under the Hammer. Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series. Available from wherever you get your podcasts and the SEN app.